therefore it's good. It's Vinny's View on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. Presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. Just when you thought things were starting to normalize and the basketball universe of the Phoenix Suns was back on its axis, Thursday happened. The Suns, healthier than they've been in weeks, with 80% of the starting lineup together, lost to a Dallas Mavericks team that lost its engine and best player, Luka Doncic to an ankle injury just three minutes into the game. Spencer Dinwiddie transformed into Luka, dribbling the air out of the ball for 20 seconds and either hitting a dagger or finding a capable open three-point shooter to deliver that dagger late in the shot clock in a completely frustrating 99-95 Dallas victory. For years, my partner, Dan Bickley, has been espousing the, quote, stats don't matter line of thinking when it comes to DeAndre Ayton. If you have had trouble grasping that concept over those years, might I refer you to last night's game? Ayton scored 19 points and grabbed 20 rebounds. And just about all of it was frosting. No cake. Yes, Ayton returned from a three-game absence due to illness. He got 20 shots on the night, but made only six. He continued to flummox viewers with an aversion to aggression. And most importantly, despite those 20 rebounds in a game for just the second time this year, failed to block out on two key rebounds off of missed Dallas free throws in the final minute. The second of which gave Dwight Powell two free throws with 10 seconds left. He calmly knocked them down and stretched the Dallas lead to four. This loss was all, not all on number 22. Remember some talk show hosts going on and on about how the increased minutes for individual bench players during this rash of injuries would pay dividends moving forward for the Suns? Yeah, me neither. Uh, the bench was completely non-productive Thursday. Non-starters combined to go 5 for 20 from the floor and score a total of 11 points. Josh Okoge, who went off for 24 points and 10 rebounds off the bench last Saturday night against Indiana, has hit 3 of 18 shots in 3 games since. Damian Lee had a puzzling stat line with four fouls and zero shot attempts in 18 minutes. Both Saban Lee and Dwayne Washington Jr. failed to give the Suns anything in spot minutes after Chris Paul went to the bench. This loss, while incredibly frustrating, isn't the end of the world, but it was a missed opportunity to beat and leapfrog a marginalized opponent and one that continues to live rent-free in the Suns' collective head. <laughs> there is Vinny's view, nice. presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize, proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. Look, we didn't win the game. It was a tough night for everybody across the board. Yeah, he could have finished better around the basket, but by and large, we did not play uh, to the best of our ability tonight, um, especially when I started to make subs. That was a dip in our focus and energy tonight, and, and that can't happen. That's Monty Williams saying, hey, it wasn't all yeah. eight, but that doesn't make the performance any less frustrating. No, no, it doesn't, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. A lot of fire, fire in Vinny's view today. Um, I think that I, I, I completely agree with you, because I, I watched the game, and I went to bed late, and I woke up, and I started reading this morning, and the first link I saw was Aiton's monster game, and I thought, what, what, what game did you watch? Because you're right, the 20 rebounds, oh, wow. Could we get 21 and 22, please? Because those two rebounds were the ones that really mattered. I pointed out to you, if you go back and you rewatch the last play, the one that where Dwight Powell got the two free throws, the technique DA uses to allegedly even try to box out, it is... Hey, 
But it was it, it's it, it, it's beyond infuriating. It was that, but also the tendency repeatedly to go up for a rebound with one hand and tip it to yourself. Yeah, go up with two hands and claim it. Go grab that claim thing. it. Yeah. So I and again, I just I'm just I, I can't I, I don't understand why we'll, we're still here at this point in time before the game. Charles Barkley got on D.A. about, listen, dude, you're being paid like a real score. Be mm-hmm. a real score. That was halftime. Here was Charles Barkley at halftime of TNT last Too night. Too much pressure on a guy. I don't think that actually is a scorer. You know, he's got the money of a scorer, but I don't think he is a scorer. Wait, <laughs> repeat that again. He got the money of a scorer. Yeah, when you get paid, you're supposed to play like it. But if you don't have that skill set, oh, you got that dude come make a jump hook. Stop, stop it. You think he's a 25 point scorer? In today's NBA, hell yeah. Okay, Uh, well I don't. He played against little little munchkins out there the whole game. Does he do it? Has he ever done it? Yeah, four for twelve. See, first of all, he should be eight for twelve. He missed, like, he missed like four little jumpers. He is, to me, as I said, he's the guy. You know, Kenny can say, well, first of all, they paid him that money because they thought he was going to take the next step. I've said this for You know how much I love Chris Paul. He's 102 years old. Can't expect him. It's got to be Booker and Aiden. 100%. But Booker, he going to do his thing. Aiden's the guy. Kenny, there's no tall guys for the Mavericks. Hmm. He should be killing them Especially- little bit. Look, and you heard it there. Yeah. That wasn't halftime, and you heard Adam Lefko say it. He's four for twelve in the first half. He was two for eight in the second half. That percentage mm-hmm. went down. Yeah, it's the first time. Uh, it's actually uh, the seventeenth time in his career, regular season and playoffs, that DeAndre Ayton's got twenty shots. And how often have we heard that refrain? Feed Da. Feed, he needs to get more than ten shots a game. Well, he got double that, but he made six. That was his lowest mm-hmm. field goal percentage in a game. For a game where he had 20 or more shots in his yeah. career. Yeah. The good, he got to the free throw line 10 times. The bad, he missed three of them. I've gotten I've gotten so personally frustrated with him that I, that I try to check myself a little bit on the radio. And secondarily, I can't listen to a word he says in post-game or pre-game or any kind of interviews. Because it's just all nonsense. It's just all promises of what he thinks he is and what he's going to do. And, and it's, it's just not based in reality. And I just, I don't understand... And if he makes and if he makes me this angry, I can only imagine what he makes people who are competitive at the NBA level. Teammates who live lives that are based on competition. There was a lot of teammates getting on DA at different points during the game last yeah. night. Um, oh, you could see it on DA's face. He had that look like what 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 what. what? Now again, does he get a little bit of a pass? Maybe because. He is coming back from a three-game absence. He talked about that yesterday. I'm still sick. Um, this is not contagious. No, not, <laughs> this is not contagious. I'm uncontagious, not contagious. You know, it's just that. Me catching my breath. I feel off today. I felt a little dizzy. Um, you know, as soon as I got my wind up, just trying to turn up a little bit in that first half, second quarter. I mean, that third quarter especially, trying to find it in. You know, I was struggling a little bit on some of the shots, like the jump hooks, like after fighting, getting position, and just going up strong. I could tell I still needed my reps, and you know, still had some rust on me where it was contact involved. Because when you're in the gym by yourself, working on your shots and getting back in the groove, is not you know they're not playing it as intense like how you do in these games. Like, I don't know, it was a good it was a good way to you know just uh, take off all this. this rust off of me. And that is a factor, but then again, you know, 31 minutes. If, if DA was feeling that way, where's the communication with the coaching staff? Why, mm-hmm. you know, 
Bismack Biombo and Jock Landale in DA's absence did good things. Now, they're different players, obviously. Bismack is a defensive stalwart. He's a liability on offense. I get it. And that was the necessity uh, that M- Monty Williams felt late in the game to bring Jock Landale off the bench. Everybody played last night because the ball kept going into the post and you're getting nothing from Bismack Biombo in those situations. But if DA, you know, Cam Johnson got a chance to come off the bench in his first game back and was under very limited minutes. And yeah. I know it was a 37-game absence as opposed to three, but DA is dealing with a sickness. Why not have him come off the bench? Does he have to be a starter? No, I, right. Does it change anything? Yeah, I don't great know. Great but point. Those are all really good points. And again, I just my uh, my level of frustration is just very very high because of because of like I said last night. And and who knows what's going to happen at that end game situation if he even does corral that rebound. But I mean. Yeah, it's it's just the but kind of. If it, you didn't if even play sucking, the cut about how fun, how much fun he had last night. Well, I, again, this is it, you want to make me really go nuts. Go ahead and play it. That that's the kind of stuff that's really tone deaf to me. And I'll he play doesn't it later. even he doesn't even know that it's tone deaf. I, and again, I just keep circling back to the fact that if if I'm this frustrated, um, I'm I'm a competitive person, but I, my life it's not like a professional athlete. And and the 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 hardcore alpha competitors in that locker room, I just I wonder where they're at with him. I, I don't know I don't know where they go with it when when it when he's costing them victories. Well that's too strong. When when, when you know what I mean. You know I don't have to say it anymore. Not influencing just, winning yes. consistently enough. Yes. And I, I'll say this in closing before we get back to this later on in the show. I will continue to root for DeAndre Ayton. I'm mm-hmm. a fan, mostly because I know what he is capable of, but man, that capability <laughs> That's what when makes it so When you're maddening, five years in, you yeah. kind of are what you are at this point, and light bulbs don't normally go on at that point of career. Good of Vinny's career. view today, Vinny. Thank you. Fire! Thank you. Are you insinuating that the other no, ones were... No, yes. <laughs> that is what he's saying. Take the compliment, Vinny. He's uh, saying they're all frosting well. and no cake. Oh! I, that was a line. That was that was a great line. That was a good line. I knew I what would get Sarah's attention when I was talking about cake. <laughs> that is when my ears picked did you, up. <laughs> did you text your husband when I said that? He <laughs> likes showing off the cake. My mom, used to, my mom used to do this to me all the time. Danny, do you want mac and cheese or do you want a hamburger? I want a hamburger, Mom. What? You don't like the macaroni and cheese? Oh, like, man. How do you win with that? <laughs> so you pick the mac and cheese. What? You don't like my burgers? You like the burgers? Coming up next. Is Sean Payton coming to Arizona or not? Come on. Let's go here. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. I, I think right now it doesn't look like there's going to be a spot for Sean Payton. That, that, that's the way it's kind of looking as we speak. Now, we'll see how it shakes out, but I, I don't I don't see him. Sean Payton, if he doesn't get one now, next year there's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten openings. He'll be under consideration for many of them. I, I just don't see him rushing to take the job in Arizona with a GM he doesn't know, with a quarterback there are questions about, with a team that's got a lot of issues. So my guess is he sits out and then rejoins the search when there are more teams that have openings. Adam Schefter from ESPN kind of reading the tea leaves as he sees them on the Sean Payton front. Sean Payton was in for a seven-plus-hour interview yesterday with the Arizona Cardinals. I mentioned it earlier. 
um, that he left the facility, and one of the first things he did was tweet about a different job. Uh, Mark Maskey. Was that from how Washington- the timing of that worked out? By the way, did it really? Is that how yeah. it lined up? Yeah. Uh, so he the- probably got out, checked his phone, saw there was this kerfuffle. Yeah. Mark Maskey okay. from the Washington uh, Post had tweeted: "The Panthers are no longer an option for Sean Payton." This was obviously before the Frank Reich story came uh, out, uh, and there was an issue with Payton's interview with the Broncos. He said Payton likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson and having that defense, but fears a potential. Power struggle with a member of the ownership group, source says. That was quote tweeted by Sean Payton himself, who said, Zero truth to this. We had a great visit, and Broncos' ownership was fantastic. All right, let's uh, let's rewind a little bit further because clearly there's something amiss here. Jeff Duncan, who covers the New Orleans Saints and has been covering the Saints forever, and and I as never in my um in my viewpoint has ever thrown anything out there loosely on any topic. He reported that Rob Walton was not available for a second interview because he was on a hunting trip. Yes. And all hell broke loose in Denver. Mm-hmm. It became a gigantic topic in Denver. The talk radio was going nuts. Mark Schlereth is probably going crazy about it. And then all of a sudden, Jeff Duncan walks back what he tweeted. Now, here comes another tweet that there's an issue with the ownership group, which Sean Payton tries to douse. Clearly, there's something here. And it may not be a hunting trip. It may, it, but clearly there's something here. I mean, that's that's two levels of smoke right there from from different yeah. sources, yeah, and from different guys who are dialed in around the league in different cities. I don't know. Which I don't is think weird. I, I don't mean, think Sean Payton's going to Denver, but I also don't think he's coming to Arizona. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I I tend to agree with you on that, but I do think that it's it's right there for the Arizona Cardinals if they want and if they choose not to make a, a legitimate offer at Sean Payton. What does that tell you? Um, it, it tells you because I think it te- what it'll tell you is that it's the price tag more than anything else, and that would be a shame because I do think that there's going to be there's going to be a, a letdown if. Vance Joseph ends up with this head coaching job because it's going to feel like the guy calling the shots is still Michael Bidwill. Mm-hmm. That Michael Bidwell hasn't done what we think he needs to do, which is hire good, fee- good people and back a few feet up. You don't have to get out of the room, but you got to back up a few feet. And, and so, so that to me, if Vance Joseph is the guy that ends up as head coach after you hire a GM from the outside and a GM from the outside says, that's the guy, I don't know if I'm buying that. Yeah, and you scratch Frank Reich off the list, and I don't know how seriously uh-huh. he was considered. You scratch Dan Quinn off the list, who I think was very, very heavily considered by the Arizona Cardinals. He's going back to Dallas as their D.C. So weird. And if you scratch Sean Payton off the list, if that can't come to fruition, and, and you know Adam Schefter, again, kind of forecasting what he sees, that he'll go back to Fox for a year and do it all over again next year. So then you're left with basically four candidates. Vance Joseph, Brian Flores... Aaron Glenn, Jero Avero. How are you ranking those candidates? Oh, funny you should ask. Brian Flores won, Vance Joseph two, the other guys after. I would agree with that. Because again, to me, even though the Vance Joseph thing is too local for, for my tastes, I, I want the experience. I, I'm, I'm not taking a chance on an Jero Avero. I'm I'm just not. He's very I'm young, just, by the way. Yeah, I'm just not doing and that. And D'Amico Ryan's also uh, very young. But, yeah. You know, and, and again, there's been no rescheduling of an interview as far as any reports that have been out there and, and surfaced on that front. So. And now Ryan's might go to Denver. Ryan's might go to Denver as well. Um, I just fear on the Vance Joseph thing that 
it would give at least the impression that he's a stopgap guy. We got our general manager. We got our assistant general mm-hmm. manager. We swung for the fences to a degree on other coaching, mm-hmm. uh, on other coaches. Those didn't come to fruition. Vance Joseph is our guy. And if things don't go swimmingly well, it's, it, it just seems like a short lease situation, well, doesn't it, it? It seems like yesterday could have been one of two things. It could have been a performative interview on both part on both parts. It could have been Michael Bidwell going, hey, Sean, good to see you, man. Last time I saw you, we were ball boys in St. Louis. You remember that? Oh, yeah. And and it could have been that, and it could have been okay. Let's uh, let's see what you got going on here, Michael. Okay, well, this is our cafeteria, this is our weight room, this is our breakout rooms, and and here's where your office would be should you take this job. Wink, wink. And and then I think Michael would say, okay, what what do you see from the outside? What 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 do we not have here? What do we need here? What what glaring weaknesses can you tell me you see just from being here? And, and so you both get something out of it, and you say, great seeing you again, man. Okay, cool. We'll catch you down the road. It, it could be it could be something as perfunctory and as performative as that, or or maybe they went out to eat and maybe yeah you remember we were ball boys you remember we went to Dairy Queen and had a Brazier burger <laughs> you remember we did that those were the days I miss those Brazier I miss those Brazier burgers At Eastern Illinois University <laughs> remember when they turned those blizzards upside down that was so cool yeah right I still get excited about that. yeah right. <laughs> Remember Look we threw snowballs and trucks on the interstate, man? Yeah, wasn't that cool, dude? So okay, bye. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, oh, so you, maybe maybe they maybe they connected to a point where they're working out everything right now as we speak, or maybe it's kind of what Vinny thinks and what I sadly tend to agree with that it's really just going to be a moment. Or if you can really read more into this, if we hit the airwaves Monday morning and there's still no coach in place for the Cardinals, are they just waiting for D'Amico Ryan's? Which seems risky for somebody that they haven't talked to yet. Yeah, and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold firm with I think D'Amico Ryan's is earmarked for the Texans. Do you think that if he were still a Cardinals candidate, he at least would have rescheduled by now, and we would have heard about it? That's what was weird was the use of, and we talked about it the, the yeah. day after the use of the word "cancel" as opposed to "postpone" or "reschedule." But yeah. it, but it, again, that might also be something where the Cardinals go, "Wait a second, okay, reschedule. You're not available to the thirtieth. We 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 ain't got time for that." You know, it, it's it, I agree with you that that if you really really wanted the shot at the guy, you'd reschedule. And if you think he's the right guy, you do have time for that. Or, or, or you know, because look, he canceled his last two interviews after interviewing with the Texans. Yeah, and 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 that's code the in the business. Don't waste people's yeah. time. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. It's it, to, to me, there's still a great opportunity here, but there's also an opportunity for letdown. And yet there's also, there's also I think, sort of a realization that depending on the uh, rehab and the status of Kyler Murray, this might be a punt bridge year anyways, regardless of who the head coach is. It might Wouldn't be. That stink? Yeah, it really would, uh, especially if the, that's the philosophy in appointing a coach, too. Yeah, this year's kind of lost anyway. <laughs> well, don't, I don't want to go down that road. No. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell takes us through the big stories of the day. Rush Hour Reboot Style. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata mornings.
Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. A very happy Friday to all of you tuning in here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Great to have you all as we take you through the top stories of the day in the Rush Hour Reboot. I'm Sarah Cazell, your train conductor with Dan Bickley. Hey. With Vince Murata. You know how we were talking about pump-up songs yesterday? I feel like that's a Jarrett Carlin pump-up song. Light, bright, making things with light. <laughs> Sorry about that. That is a toy Hall of Famer right there. Yeah. And Jarrett Carlin. In the last hour, I went to the toilet five times. <laughs> oh, no. That was so weird. Thanks for sharing, Stephen Jarrett, A. Jarrett Carlin and Stephen A. Smith in that instance. <laughs> kindred spirits. I have to go to the toilet. <laughs> Tremendous. Kindred GI tracks. Okay. Oh, God. Yep. Terrible name for a band. Absolutely. All right. The Cardinals finally met with Sean Payton yesterday. That was the seventh candidate that the Cardinals have interviewed uh, virtually or in person. And that was the fourth team that he had met with. Shout out Cam Cox of 12 News who posted video of Peyton and Michael Bidwill in the Cardinals facility parking lot, walking out to their cars after what was uh, reportedly a seven-hour interview. Yesterday, here's what ESPN's Adam Schefter said about the likelihood of Sean Payton taking the Cardinals job or any job in the NFL this hiring cycle. I, I think right now it doesn't look like there's going to be a spot for Sean Payton. That, that, that's the way it's kind of looking as we speak. Now, we'll see how it shakes out, but I don't I don't see him Sean Payton if he doesn't get one now, next year there's gonna be seven, eight, nine, ten openings. He'll be under consideration for many of them. I, I just don't see him rushing to take the job in Arizona with a GM he doesn't know, with a quarterback there are questions about, with a team that's got a lot of issues. So my guess is he sits out and then rejoins the search when there are more teams that have openings. Okay, I found it very interesting that Schefter used very similar phrasing to what NFL Network's Ian Rappaport did a couple days ago, where mm-hmm. he said, I don't think there's a spot for Sean Payton right now. Yeah. Not necessarily, I don't think Sean Payton wants any of these jobs, but there's not a spot for him. I found that interesting. Um, about an hour after Cam Cox posted that footage of them leaving the Cardinals facility, Sean Payton hopped onto Twitter to refute a report about his candidacy with the Broncos. You mentioned it in the last segment, but for those who missed it, an NFL reporter uh, mentioned that there were issues um with he he wants to work with the Broncos defense but uh, and he likes the idea of coaching Russell Wilson but he fears a potential power struggle with a member of the Broncos ownership group. Sean Payton quote tweeted it and denied it said there's zero truth. We had a great visit. Broncos ownership was fantastic. Do you think there is anything to read into at all that about an hour after he left this Cardinals interview he's on Twitter talking about another job? I'm not sure. I thought I thought about that, you know, and I brought it up, hey, he gets out of the Arizona on an interview and he's already tweeting about Denver but it was in response to something mm-hmm. and maybe could have been nothing more than an effort by Sean Payton to clear up a, a, um, 
Something that could affect him. I mean, if that if that becomes yeah. perception, Sean Payton's going to yeah, have a well, power struggle with ownership. It affects his availability to get a job. Maybe it, it, listen, and if Sean Payton understands decorum and manners, and I think as a head coach he does, he's not engaged with his cell phone during his interview process with oh, the Cardinals. Course, yeah. So he probably left, fired up his phone, and and kind of saw what had happened in the previous couple of hours, and that's where he went. I I I think there's nothing at all to the correlation that that happened right after leaving the Cardinals. Okay. Let's uh let's play a game. Dan Quinn is off the board. He goes back to the car. He goes back to the Cowboys, I should say, not to the Cardinals. And then Frank Reich is no longer uh, an option for the Cardinals either. He is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers now. Um, I'm going to name a candidate, the ones who remain, or we think remain, and you give me your one-word reaction to them being named head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Okay? One-word reaction. Sean Payton is the Cardinals head coach. Ideal. This home run one word? Oh, I like it. Sure. It's not, but we can make it one. <laughs> home run. Dash run. Brian Flores. Palatable. Ground rule double. Oh, that's not one word. <laughs> I can't accord a left field. <laughs> How about Vance Joseph? Safe? Single? <laughs> Are we just doing baseball terms now? <laughs> Safe. That is a baseball team. Safe. I like that. They both work. Safe. Safe? Okay. Aaron Glenn. Eh. Eh. No. Yeah, no thank you. Ajiro Evero. No. Early. Okay. Premature. 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 D'Amico Ryans, which we're not even sure. Intriguing. That's a good word. Not okay. a, I don't think it's a fit. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's happening. Okay. So pretty, not happening. <laughs> so a pretty strong uh, dip, fall off the cliff, if you will, Yeah. after really Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's Sean Payton and Brian Flores and everyone else. Yeah. I would say Sean Payton is in a category by himself. Brian mm-hmm. Flores is in a category by himself. Vance Joseph is in a category by himself, and then everybody and else. And then, okay. That's the way I view it anyway. All right, let's uh, get to a statement that Steve Wilkes put out about 15 minutes ago. He, you know, with Frank Reich Ooh, taking over. New? Yes, with mm-hmm. Frank Reich taking over in Carolina. You know, the interim head coach is no longer the coach. And he tweeted this really uh, gracious statement. Steve Wilkes did. The sun rose this morning, and by the grace of God, so did I. I am disappointed, but not defeated. Many people aren't built for this, but I know what it means to persevere and see it through. It was an honor for me to coach those men in the Carolina Panthers locker room as the interim head coach. Players, coaches, and staff, thank you for your hard work and dedication. I took pride in representing Charlotte, a great city that I love so much. He thanks his family, he thanks the community, and he says, I wish Frank Reich all the best. I will always be a fan of the Carolina Panthers football team. What do you guys think about that statement? Uh, Very classy. Steve Wilkes is a very classy guy. I think he's also letting his lawyers do the, the uh, the tougher language in statements. Um, there's a real case. I, I let's let's rewind here yes. to the end of the 2018 season, and I know there was a big uproar about Steve Wilkes got fired after one year in Arizona, didn't even get a chance. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with that firing. You can make a real strong case that Steve Wilkes got screwed out of an opportunity 
after doing a bang-up job for what was a lost organization for most of the season. If you would have told me that he was going to coach 12 games and that Carolina Panthers team with Sam Darnold at quarterback was right. going to go 6-6, six and six, I would say give him the job. Seriously. The, the complication there is Frank Reich is a good, qualified football coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I, I, you know, I appreciate the statement from Steve Wilkes and what he did this year should get him another job and maybe another opportunity next year or the year after to be in the head coaching it's cycle. A very, it's a very, very tricky story because I think that I think this was very smart of Steve Wilkes to come out and present himself the way he did uh, because the, the, the minority hiring practices of the NFL have left a lot to be desired. I don't think anybody could argue that. We all know that that is the fact. So how do you how do you how do you break that down? How do you create more equal opportunities for minority, particularly African American head coaches in the National Football League? It's a great great question, but there were a lot of people who reacted very negatively to the fact that okay, hold on a second here. You can't after filling in um, and doing a really good job and even having your players vouch for you, you can't just throw a fit and say you have to hire me or I'm suing you mm-hmm. because you're racist if you don't. That's a slippery slope as well. Sure. Now, again, I think that the NFL has got a has got a real bad track record on this, so I am not I am not underestimating what the issue is here. But I think Steve Wilkes is smart to let his attorneys handle it and not be the guy that seems to be threatening to sue every owner. Steve Wilkes is smart because you do that. This 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 league will chew you up and spit you out, and you're oh, not coming back. Yeah, you'll be blackballed. Yeah, you will be. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't really. I mean, I think Vic hit the nail on the head. So, what do we think the path is for Steve uh, Wilkes' coordinator job this coming season? Head coach yeah, after that potentially? I, listen, I think he's in a tough spot with this too because I, I heard in Carolina they want to keep him desperately yeah. and to, to pacify the locker room. And if you're Steve Wilkes. I don't know if you can afford to do that now. That's a, that's a really bad position to be in. So I, I, I hope I hope Steve Wilkes and what he did this past year is going to get him another real job attempt someplace because he does deserve that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, there's still staffs being constructed around the league. Right. Uh, there's you know Carolina with with Frank Reich in place is one. There's four other staffs that still need to be built. I think he'll get an opportunity elsewhere. And I agree, that's a tough spot to put somebody in. Yeah. I mean, we went this far into the process. You did a great job. We want to keep you around, but. You're, you're an underling. Not We're going to get though. into this right, right after the blast again because this has direct application with the Cardinals and Brian Flores. Mm-hmm. Direct Tremendous. application. Stick around. Stick around. That's what we call a tease in the biz. Hey. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, guys. Uh, Sarah gives us the Rush Hour reboot, takes us through the big stories every morning at 7.30. Coming up next, Brock Purdy this weekend will become just the fifth rookie quarterback to start a conference championship game. Can he be the first to break through? And what would that mean if he does? We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. He's been great. I mean, he, um, 
he just tries to soak it in throughout the week. I mean, it's always harder on Wednesdays when you get so much and you're not going to get it right then. And he doesn't seem to over panic about it. He takes each rep, walk through the meetings, every clip we show. You can just tell he is locked in and just building up information all the time. And um, that's what you want players and coaches to do. It's never a final product on Wednesday, but um, you work your butt off throughout the week. And usually by Saturday night, it's pretty clear. And that's what he's shown. He's been able to handle the pressure throughout the week because sometimes it's you want to go out there and look great for all your teammates, but you don't always know that on Wednesday and Thursday. And you just keep reviewing the tape, keep going through the looks, and you make sure you're there Saturday night so you can sleep comfortably and wake up extremely confident. That is Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, talking about his quarterback this weekend. And that is Brock Purdy. Shanahan said earlier this week, hey, the plan was to keep him on the practice squad all year. Mm-hmm. That plan changed when uh, Trey Lance went down. Jimmy Garoppolo, who wasn't part of their plan at one point, got pressed into duty. He goes down, and you're down to your third-string quarterback. And here you are, a game away from the Super Bowl. So credit goes to Kyle Shanahan. Huge credit. And Shanahan talking about how Brock Purdy prepares. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing is too big for him. We talked to Peter King yesterday. And he just glowed about, you know, what, what Brock Purdy has done this year. And we could be on the precipice of one of the great stories in recent memory. Oh, again, in, in this the NFL. is Kurt Warner part two. It really is. This I really mean, is Kurt Warner part two. We know the Kurt Warner story, and it's an amazing story. Hell, they made a movie about it. They both played college in the same state. Yes, they <laughs> did. Yes, they did. You ever been to Iowa? Is this heaven? I have. Oh, it's Iowa. You know the first, no, it's not. This is so wrong. The first thing I think of when I think of Iowa, yeah, loose yeah. meat sandwiches. Huh? Oh yeah, like a made right. Uh-huh. You ever had one of those? Uh, I, I have. They're delicious. <laughs> yeah, they used to have made right here in they're, Arizona, and they went. They all went away. They're tricked up sloppy joes. I was just going to ask, what's okay. the difference? Because yeah. I've no, never they're had not one. Tricked up. They're, well, they're deacons. They're not sloppy. There's well, no. There's no sauce. It's just so it's like just ground ground beef. beef. Oh, dry Joe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Arid Joe. Sloppy for you. <laughs> no, made, made right. There, there are institutions in Iowa. Vinny's right Delicious. about that. Oh, yeah. The one I had wasn't was was more than dry, but maybe I had it wrong. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, so, yeah, this is Kurt Warner part two if Brock Purdy gets to the Super Bowl. And if he wins the Super Bowl, this is quite something. You know what's unbelievable to me? This is such an organizational flex for the 49ers to, to possibly get to the Super Bowl with the third string quarterback. We, we can relate. We tried it with Ryan Lindley. We couldn't get out of the first quarter. Um, they got 82 yards in a playoff yeah, game with their third yeah, string quarterback. Exactly. So this is such an organizational flex. At one point in time this year, uh, the 49ers decided to pay $2 million to their backup quarter quarterback, Nate Sudfeld. Committed to him. Uh-huh. Said, we're going to need him because we're trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance is our guy. We're going to need a backup. They committed $2 million bucks to Mungo Beanfield, who I do believe was the inspiration for Mungo Beanfield. I think Nate Sudfeld was your inspiration. Oh, possibly for is for the name, yeah. Yeah. Whereas John Wolford was the inspiration for Hank Gudgley. For Hank Gudgley. Yeah. That's exactly Gudge right. Hackley. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I think that I think in the case of uh, the case of this, that is unbelievable to me. To a team that realized, okay, and, and you read the story, they just Kyle Shanahan just one day came into uh, John Lynch's office office and said, you know, I, I think we need to bring another young kid into the quarterback mix. I, I don't know why, but I think we do. So let's go find one. And that's what they that's what they uncovered. Way to listen to your gut. It unbelievable. Is unbelievable. Because you never know when you're going to be pressed into those situations. I mean, the Cardinals started four quarterbacks in a four-week span this season. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, that again and it's it, this is this is the, this is why it mocks the people who are oh, the poor cardinals. They were so injured. <laughs> <laughs> the Niners are perennially injured. I, I mean, they are. again, and it's they just, find a way to make it work. Debo right. missed a bunch of time. Yeah. Did you? I know you're not a big read the comments guy, Dan Bickley, or at least I assume you aren't. I don't think there's any, probably any, a good reason for that. I don't Sarah. think any. <laughs> trained, is a trained over the years. Yeah. Yes. Did you see any of the responses to your column from earlier this week that we should all in the valley be rooting for I Brock did. Purdy and yeah, the Niners? Yeah, people did not like that very much. Did in fact, not like it. Somebody pointed out that wow, if there was that much pride every Sunday with with Cardinal fans not selling their tickets, we'd have something here. <laughs> <laughs> if there I was, was so that surprised. much. How dare you? We're cheering for the Cardinals. I could never cheer for anyone but the Cardinals. Then don't sell your freaking tickets. The same people tweeting us by week four that they were apathetic about the Cardinals yeah. are the people oh, yeah. who are saying, oh, yeah. how dare how you ask dare me to root you? for another team? Listen, there's a, I, I don't know why people don't understand the value in producing a Super Bowl winning quarterback locally. Uh, on the prep scene, um, which your husband knows very, very well, yeah. this is a big deal among... Arizona high school football oh, yeah. community. Yeah. This is a big deal. And it's a great family. A, They're just good people. It's a great story. Root for your neighbors. That's awesome. I'm happy for them. But on the flip side, did you ever offer him a scholarship, Vinny? I, if they did, it was very, I think they very, came in late, very, very late. If they did, yeah. Everybody came they, in very right, late on him. Yeah. yeah. That's, why, that's why he ultimately went to Iowa State yeah. because they believed in him. They already used their one scholarship per Brock. <laughs> that's right. That's part of the NCAA Sorry, rules. Sorry, once and, per decade, yeah. Yeah, those rules are so stringent. Maybe a little longer. But as somebody, like, I am not a San Francisco 49ers fan. In fact, as a, as a longtime fan of the Arizona Cardinals, you root against that organization. Mm-hmm. So I can't say, I, I do appreciate... Outside of Brock Purdy, the way the 49ers play the game of football. Oh, I the love ingenuity it. offensively, their playmakers are really fun to watch. They went out and made an unbelievably good trade for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they haven't lost since that point. Um, but the human interest story that Brock Purdy provides going into this game is, you know, on the doorstep of legendary. Mm-hmm. Nobody in his situation, a rookie quarterback never, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger came in as a rookie in Pittsburgh and lit the league on mm-hmm. fire. He didn't win the championship game. Purdy can do this as the last pick. And then on the flip side, we just talked earlier about Jalen Hurts and how easy a guy that is to root for. I'm not a Philadelphia Eagles fans, but a fan, but if you're rooting for great stories on either side, this is a great game to watch. I, listen, I, I, I'm not afraid to admit I love the 49ers football team and the way they play football, and I want, the, I want a team just like them. There, I said it, deal with it. That's the facts. That's the way that football team strikes me, and, 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 I'm not, I, and, and I don't care how that hits people. Because that football team hits people. They run through people. They've got a great dynamic between head coach and GM, which you need. And I hope that the Cardinals get that at the end of the day. Do you know who the owner of the San Francisco 49ers are, is? Do you ever hear about the owner of the San Francisco 49ers? Isn't it the Yorks? It's the Yorks. Yeah. Pretty much Jed is the guy in charge. But they're they're very much a, what do you, what do you guys need? I'll, what do you want? Oh, you want Christian McCaffrey? Okay, we can do that. Sure. No, Heirs no to the peppermint patty fortune, probably. <laughs> <laughs> If, if, uh, what do you J- think of peppermint patties? What do you think oh, of Yorks? Wow. Wow? Better wow. than Junior Mints? Yes, because I totally agree it's with that. a if Junior you, Mint. If you, <laughs> it's chocolate. It's peppermint. It's, it's very, very refreshing. refreshing. If, you put, if you put a peppermint patty in the freezer, Ooh. okay, 
Okay. Then, you know, hot day, you break that bad boy out, mm. lock the doors and call the cops. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man, is that a what tasty treat. What do you call treat? the cops for, Jerry? Well, yeah, what wanna... do you mean? Uh, what do you, the what do you mean? Later. Later. Yeah, hold, you call the cops for? Patty, hold on to your wigs and keys. Hold on to your wigs and keys. I do love the chocolate peppermint combo. There was a yeah. thread about this on Oh, and Andy's mint is where. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty good. Oh, I got it. Those are pretty good. I got good. a confession to make on Andy's mints. Christmas time, I was buying candy to put in the in the kids' stockings. Uh-huh. And I bought all these different kinds of candy, and I bought a big box of those Andy's mints. Uh-huh. Did they uh, make it to the stocking? They did not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a gift Whoops. to myself. And I ate the whole damn thing. Good for you. Oh, good for you. Over the course jealous. of time, I didn't gorge. Like no. two days? Yeah. Right. It's all good. Over the course of time. <laughs> it's all good. I still want to know what you're calling the cops for, Ferret. Well, I didn't want to see uh, what my... I do to those. <laughs> oh, God. Jeez. Just, just eat got... them, Jerry. Okay, I'm just going to eat them. They then. just yeah. got dark. Fine. Uh, real quick note to um, Debo Samuel and his media availability yesterday from the 49ers on going on the road to Philadelphia. He said, quote, we know it's going to be loud. No stadium is as loud as ours. They're at home, NFC Championship. They're all going to be riled up. Uh, we don't feed too much into that. Justin Pugh of the Cardinals uh, quote tweeted that and said, I can tell you from firsthand experience, San Francisco Stadium isn't even half as loud as Philly. It's going to be mayhem. Only positive is it's not the late game, so they won't be as drunk. 49ers better be ready for the crowd to well, impact the game. Now this is this is uh this is a this is a big deal because you know, I ran into Rod Lake in our former program director here and he's now in Philly and his line of thinking was this kid is never gonna survive the Philly crowd. So everything about Brock Purdy that has been a win up till now is kind of being dropped in the ultimate football crucible. This crazy ass scene. Rod was telling me this funny story that uh, that you know people who didn't. This is how ingenious they are in Philly about getting into the tailgate se- section. You know, you generally have to have a ticket to get into a parking lot, yeah, right? Yeah. To tailgate, there are people. I think there's a lacrosse franchise or something like that in Philly. People bought tickets to a lacrosse match, parked their car, and walked over to the tailgate. <laughs> say, "We're here, we're here. Party can start." Point is this extra whiz. <laughs> a wit whiz. Yeah, the point of it is going to be this is going to be the, the, that the, you, you know what Philly's like. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be vile. There, it's going to be. Is there ever a less accurate nickname than City of Brotherly Love? That's a great point. <laughs> That's a great point. Coming up next, Bick's got the Bickley Blast to kick off the second half of the show, and it's going to be fire.